He's widowy and awian. He's widowy and awian right now. That awian is widowy doing the gwitty. He's widowy gwitty. He's widowy hitting the gwitty right now. He's hitting the. He's hitting the gwitty in the middle of the world. He's hitting the gwitty in the middle of the world while his other friend is over there in the UFO. That's the intro. What are we? What are we hitting a gwitty in the UFO? And here's to the beginning. Oh, <laughs> Why, Johnny Ringo? Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I can change it at any time. I'm your Huckleberry. And running came the whisper from each lip, and he's here to do some business with. Incoming the Rambling Podcast with your hosts Conway Titty and Stony Robbins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Wambling Podcast. <laughs> the Wambling Podcast. The Wambling Podcast. The Wambling Podcast. I am your host, Conway Titty. <laughs> and I'm your host, Tony Robbins. Today, it's been a day, all right? I haven't, haven't been on the podcast in a hot minute. Took a little break. Good to be back. Good to talk about some wild and crazy things. The We're fact that you made... wild and crazy, crazy guys. Advice. The fact that you forced the audience... To partake in five weeks of me, you yes. they, they need some kisses. They need some kisses. Three kisses. There's your apology from Stony for being gone. But how was your break? How was it to not have to ramble? Great. It was fun. It was <laughs> Literally, a great time. lots of Overwatch. What are we? What are we? Lots of Overwatch. Lots what are we of... been playing? A lot of Overwatch. He's been playing so much. He has been on stream, so he does. It technically hasn't been like too out of the loop, but he hasn't sat down and done a podcast session session with us in like five weeks. Um, and he's back. Guess who's back? Back again. Stony's back. Don't tell a friend, because who cares? Who I'm just cares? cares. Just kidding. I, I actually care because I don't think you understood how hard that was for me. Like I can talk. But having to do that just solo five weeks in a row was entirely a lot because I do feel like my voice gets droning sometimes and I do apologize <laughs> for everyone who had to listen to it. And it is extremely awful to record an an hour plus long video or not video, but audio session of myself and having to edit that. And like, there's no different, there's like no point of, there's nothing that will differ- differentiate. Differentiate. Between- yeah, between like my voice and your voice. There's like nothing. It's just like me. It's blah, 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 blah. <laughs> literally. And I'm sure the audience is laughing right now, being like, Yeah, we fucking know. <laughs> we know, Conway, we know. Um, that's gonna be different today. Uh, we're definitely not gonna have that. It is gonna be not really a little bit of droning, but it's definitely gonna be a lot of uh stony knowledge, that's for sure. He's definitely gonna be giving us some insight and some of his hmm, um actually knowledge that's how this episode is probably gonna go um actually (laughs) but today 
on today's episode today today on today's episode <laughs> on today's episode of today, of today. <laughs> actually today is today what do we what do we do today is today um we are on episode number whatever this is and we are talking about aliens i don't know what is it like 30 36 technically already yes isn't that crazy wow that nuts our one year's coming up too that's also yeah. pretty nuts that's we've crazy. Been, we've done this many it. episodes in a year. Hell yeah. I mean, 52 would be more accurate because that would be like once a week, but with some time off and some things. But 36 episodes. But we're not the best, okay? That's all you that know, matters. Technically, our one year anniversary will be the 40th episode, which is pretty cool. It rounds out to exactly number 40. So I would say 40 episodes in a year. Not too shabby, especially no. for like the first year. Not too shabby. Next year, it's double. Once, twice a week. No breaks. Shut up. <laughs> Just th- 15 hour episodes each Band. time Band. <laughs> blocked sony moves out <laughs> just so sony doesn't have to do the podcast blocked anyways today we were talking about aliens which is a, actually i think a pretty on par topic with everything that's been going on um in recent uh events. yes and for those wondering what we are talking about and specifically it is the 3rd of august 2023 and last was it last week or the week before a couple weeks ago yeah, they, within, a, within a, a good time frame it, basically there was a there was a congress hearing and which we will go we will dive way more into towards the but end basically the they confirmed aliens exist which they already did confirm they in confirmed ufos in 2020 um when everyone was so worried about millions of other things they were like here's some aliens and we were just like cool you know at this point we are literally just like whatever <laughs> i feel like us as human beings are not shocked especially people that have believed are not shocked they're like yeah we fucking know you guys are just idiots and you guys are just that, the last ones to the party and the people that are deniers also we'll get into that whole little subtopic uh later in the episode too we'll talk about the deniers um a weird weird way that they uh confirm that they're denying there's like a weird thing that goes wrong with it, but we're gonna you're gonna wait to find out till later. Um, so you guys make sure to get your thinking caps on and your listening ears out because this is a very much a history slash learning episode. It is scripted, um, which uh, I write a script for Stony and I to talk about, so it kind of keeps us on track. If you've been around for the other episodes, such as the fetish episodes the pornography episodes, our sexual demons of history with Benjamin Franklin, just to name a few. Those are uh, very much uh, kind of scripted episodes. And Sony likes them a lot more because it kind of already tells him what he wants to say, right? But also it gives you a chance to elaborate on some of the things that you just said without having to make your brain think a hundred million times at once, trying to figure out what you wanted to say next. You can say something and then elaborate on specific sentence or something and i think you enjoy those a lot more um rather than just coming up with shit off the top of our heads which is a majority of the episodes yeah that's true. which was what i did for a good amount of time and i think we'll do that once a year i'll give you a good a good break to where it's just conway chats because i did enjoy talking about certain topics that were requested that were mainly for me that i don't think you would have enjoyed talking about like at all yeah yeah, I I know you did like one on makeup and some other stuff. Yeah, so I did probably. one on makeup. I did one specifically on like Conway and creating the persona and kind of my life story in a sense of just like right from adult on. Um, and that one's just like ugh, you've heard that a billion jillion times, but it's also like 
I have heard that quite a few times. Yeah, you're just like, eh, whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, today is our alien, alien lessons. And Professor Stoney and Professor Conway are here to professor. Tell, you, tell you everything you need to know. Technically, you're the professor and I'm like the TA, all right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like the yeah. teaching assistant. You're just, you're there with your knowledge and your book. You're 85 years old. You got your circle, big circle round glasses on. You have long, uh, not long my big circle round ones. I've just got my my normal ones on. Your your long luscious gray hair. You have on a sweater vest and a nice long button up shirt underneath. And you're wearing probably. slacks. You probably have like a coffee stain on on your pants as well. No, nah, um, I don't drink you're, that much you're coffee. You're rocking. You're rocking a, a <laughs> that or tea. All right. Don't be, be let's be literal here. And you're rocking this really long mustache, that handlebar that just keeps going down and down and down and down. And you're our professor about aliens today, and I think that fits perfectly. Just so. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Eighty-five-year-old Stony here. <laughs> okay, so since this is a scripted episode, I always like to throw in our sources. That way, you guys kind of know the gist of where we're coming from. Um, sometimes they're more into detail, but sometimes it's more of just like a general uh, sources. So a few well-known ones are Time Magazine and all of their detailed writers msnbc talking about mainly the like congressional hearings pbs with the congressional hearings uh, we have the history network which is going to be with our kind of alien sightings ufos things like that the library of congress uh, specifically finding our place in the cosmos from galileo to sagan and beyond um that's kind of the general gist of where our sources are coming from and not to mention merriam webster's dictionary for our definitions well, now that you fully explained how a research paper works, <laughs> uh, go ahead and tell them some stuff about it. Before we dive into aliens, extraterrestrials, UAPs, uh, UFOs, let's give some basic definitions in the terms. Everyone is on the same page. Or if you've been living under a rock, at least you'll know what the fuck we're talking about. UFO is defined as a mysterious flying object in the sky that is sometimes assumed to be a spaceship from another planet. In recent years, some organizations and people have started replacing UFO with UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Phenomena? Phenomena. 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 <laughs> Phenomena. 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 <laughs> That's why I was trying to get you to say it, because I knew you were going to do that. Phenomena. <laughs> Unidentified. And <laughs> Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Well, I can never look at that word ever again. It's great. A major reason why people might prefer UAP to UFO is that UFO is what language observers called call skunked. This happens when a word's use becomes problematic, either because it's likely to offend or because it's lost its clarity of meaning. UFO is skunked because even though its literal meaning is neutral, unidentified flying object, means almost exactly the same thing as unidentified aerial phenomenon, people tend to equate UFOs with alien spacecraft, Martian invaders, etc. Aliens are defined as coming from another world, or what is also referred to as an extraterrestrial. This word was first used in 1848 and was given a proper definition by 1950. UFO was established in 1947, and gee, I wonder why. <laughs> Humans have long imagined the kinds of creatures or peoples that might live on Earth's moon. This section briefly describes ideas about lunar life in the 17th, 19th, and 20th centuries through a series of items from the Library of Congress's collections. 
By examining ideas about life on the moon, insights emerge about the interplay between imagination and rigorous thought and our developing understanding of the universe. As more powerful telescopes and other techniques for modeling the gravity and atmosphere of the moon were developed, it became harder and harder to support the idea that the moon could be an Earth-like place. After recounting all the, of the reasons life on moon is unlikely, a 1915 astronomy textbook notes, even with all this, still, life in some weird form may exist on the moon external. Indeed, ideas about weird forms of life on the moon found their way into science fiction. H.G. Wells' 1901 novel, The First Men in the Moon, offered just such a weird form of life. Set in England, the story is narrated by a London businessman, Mr. Bedford, Mr. Bedford, who meets up Mr. Cavour, an inventor who created a new material called Cavorite that negates the force of gravity. Mr. Cavour persuades Bedford to use this material to go on a trip to the moon with him. When they arrive on the moon, it appears to be a barren wasteland until they meet Selenites, the insectoid lunar natives who live inside the moon. Both men are captured by the Selenites but managed to escape. After their escape, Mr. Cavour is recaptured and Bedford returns to England. While the evidence had mounted for a barren lunar landscape, people were still interested in a good story about the kind of strange life that could exist beneath its surface. In the 20th century, as the possibility of travel to the moon became reality in the Apollo missions, scientists explored the remaining possibilities what kinds of life could exist on the moon. For example, Carl Sagan wrote on the possibility of lunar organics as part of his doctoral thesis. When it came time to train Apollo astronauts regarding what they might run into on the moon, Sagan was chosen, along with other scientists and the science fiction author Isaac Asimov, to develop a curriculum for them on the possibilities of lunar organic materials. The procedures for quarantining astronauts who re would return from the moon was in part shaped by Sagan's and other scientists' work outlining the possible effects of organic material and microorganisms on the moon. In the 1940s and 50s, reports of flying saucers became an American cultural phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Sightings of strange objects in the sky became the raw materials for Hollywood to present visions of potential threats. Posters for films like Earth vs. the Flying Saucers from 1956 illustrate these fears. Connected to ongoing ideas about life on the moon, the canals of Mars, and the ideas about Martian civilizations, flying saucers have come to represent the hopes and fears of the modern world. Are these alleged visitors from other worlds peaceful and benevolent, or would they attack and destroy humanity? The destructive power of the atomic bomb called into question the progressive potential of technology. Fear of the possibilities for destruction in the Cold War era proved fertile ground for terrestrial anxieties to manifest visions of flying saucers and visitors from other worlds who might be hidden among us in plain sight. If UFOs were visiting our world, where were these extraterrestrials? Could they be hidden among us? Comic books and television illustrates how the possibility of extraterrestrial visitors reflected anxieties of that era. The 1962 comic, There Are Martians Among Us, from Amazing Fantasy, issue number 15, illustrates the way fear of extraterrestrials could reflect Cold War anxieties. In the comic, a search party gathers around a landed air alien craft, but it can find no sign of alien beings. 
Radio announcers warn those nearby to stay indoors. The action shifts to a husband and wife as he prepares to leave their home despite a television announcer's warning to remain indoors. As he waves goodbye, he reminds his wife to stay inside. The wife, however, decides to slip out to the store and is attacked and dragged off. The husband returns home and, finding it empty, runs towards the telephone in a panic. In a twist, the anxious husband reveals that he and his wife were Martians all along. That sounds like a really good comic book. Kind of want to read that. Go for it. The fear that there might be alien enemies in our midst resonates with fears of Soviets and communists from the McCarthy era. Ultimately, in this story, the humans are the ones who accost and capture the alien woman. The shift in perspective puts the humans in the position of the monsters. Aside from depictions of UFOs and media, UFOs are also part of American folk culture. Ideas of aliens and flying saucers are a part of the mythology of America. You can find documentation of these kinds of experiences in folk life collections. An interview with Howard Miller about hunting and hound dogs collected as part of Tending the Commons Folklife and Landscape in Southwest Virginia collection documents an individual's experience with potential UFO sightings. Scientists and astronomers express varying degrees of enthusiasm for the possibility of intelligent life in the universe. However, scientists generally dismiss the ideas that there are aliens visiting Earth. In Pale Blue Dot, A Vision of the Human Future in Space, Carl Sagan reviews the possibility of alien visitors to Earth and suggests that there is a good reason to be skeptical of them. Much of Sagan's work focuses on debunking folk stories and beliefs and tries to encourage more rigorous and skeptical thought. He similarly discussed criticism on beliefs in alien visitors in his earlier book, Demon Haunted World, Science of the Candle in the Dark. This zealous criticism of belief in UFOs from Sagan, who was well known for his speculative ideas about the likelihood of alien civilizations, might seem to be a contradiction. Sagan himself had even speculated on the possibilities of visits by ancient aliens in his essay from the early 60s, Direct Contact Among Galactic Civilizations by Relativistic Interstellar Spaceflight. That's a Holy mouthful. shit, that was a mouthful. God wow. Damn Carl Sagan. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was... That's Carl Sagan for you, literally. That was first try, too. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. How do we reconcile Sagan, the skeptic, with Sagan, the imaginative? Far from a contradiction, these two parts of Sagan's perspective offer a framework for understanding him and the interchange between science and myth about life on other worlds. Skepticism and speculative imagination come together as two halves of the whole. It's essential to entertain and explore new ideas, however strange, while at the same time testing and evaluating the validity of those ideas. Mysterious Lights, Sinister Saucers, Alien Abductions Between 1947 and 1969, at the height of the Cold War, more than 12,000 UFO sightings were reported to Project Blue Book, a small, top-secret Air Force team. Their mission? To scientifically investigate the, the incidents and determine whether any posed a national security threat. Here are some of the most fascinating cases, along with other seminal UFO sightings. Now is where we're going to dive into specific reportings and cases um, that are, are pretty much very well known. I know there is 
over 12,000. There's more till today. Um, there's so many, and we kind of wanted to just only do the ones that I'm sure a lot of people have heard about. We're not going to go into too much detail, but at least it'll give you a general idea. If you don't know anything about anything, now's your chance to learn something new. All right. So we're going to start off with Roswell, New Mexico. It's one of the most famous cases. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of Roswell, Area 51, everything like that. It's, it's, what, what would you say, Stoney? They're like literally the most well-known alien case in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the one that everyone, it's why everyone understands what a flying saucer green is. Green aliens and, and UFOs. Gray, yeah, gray people, green aliens, just yep, like, the grays. you know, like, it's, it's also Roswell is a huge, uh, their entire town is basically dedicated to aliens. Everything well, it's, is. It's not really a town is the thing. Like Groom Lake is, is out in the middle of nowhere. And it's no, like, I, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like the town by it. Everything is alien themed. Like it's very touristy on that fact of like the McDonald's is shaped like a spaceship. The, like every store has some sort of alien themed name. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Like I love when towns have a theme, but they really took with it and ran. It began in the summer of 1947, at the dawn of the Cold War, when the U.S. Army Air Forces sent out a shocker of a press relief announcing they recovered a flying disc from a ranch near Roswell. More than 70 years later, the incident remains a defining aspect of the area's identity. The town boasts a UFO museum and a research center, a flying saucer-inspired McDonald's, alien-themed streetlights, even an extraterrestrial family stranded in a broken-down UFO on, on the side of the road of State Route 285. I honestly, we've never been to Roswell yet, but I think it'd be so much fun to go visit. It I've been there like before. That would be super cool. I think it'd be super cool to go. Yeah, I've I've been there before. I've been to Roswell and. Uh, but I think Meteor I think that's Crater. I think that sentence is super cute. The fact that it's like an a, 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 an ET family stranded on the side of the road looking for a jump start. Yep. I think that's cute. But behind all the UFO mania lies an uneasy truth. Truth? A truth. <laughs> a truth. <laughs> but behind all the UFO mania lies an uneasy truth. The events that transpired that summer are anything but clear-cut. With admitted cover-ups and conflicting explanations. It was a saucer. It was a spycraft. It was the Soviets. And new ones are still emerging. Sometime between mid-June and early July of 1947, rancher W.W. Mac Brazel found the wreckage on his sizable property in Lincoln County, New Mexico, approximately 75 miles north of Roswell. Several flying disc and flying saucer stories had already appeared in the national press that summer, leading Brazil to believe the wreckage, which included rubber strips, tinfoil, and thick paper. Might be something of that inkling. He brought some of the materials to Sheriff George Wilcox of Roswell, who in turn brought it to the attention of Colonel William Blanchard, the commanding officer of the Roswell Army Airfield, RAAF. Do you know anything about the RAF? Yeah, the British Royal Air Force. <laughs> I said the RAAF. Oh, I only heard RAF. <laughs> no, the Roswell Army Airfield. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where Grim Lake's at. Okay. 
After U.S. Army Air Forces shockingly announced that they recovered remnants of a flying disc from a New Mexico ranch, officials quickly backtracked, claiming the debris actually came from a downed-in weather balloon. Quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> Decades later, the Air Force admitted they concocted that story to cover the fact that the wreckage came from an aerial spy device. Conspiracy theories endured about captured aliens and government cover-ups, obviously. The next one we're going to talk about is in Lubbock, Texas. There's many names to this um, story as well, but it is also one of the really big um, kind of alien stories or UFO sightings, anything you want to call it. Um, and people still to this day say that you can see them. Yes. Some people have. Yes. Just depends on where you're at and if you're alone or not. August 25th, 1951, was a quiet summer night in Lubbock, Texas. That evening, a handful of scientists from Texas Technical College were hanging out in the backyard of geology professor Dr. W.I. Robinson, drinking tea and chatting about micrometeorites. Micrometeorites. Yeah, micrometeorites. That's tiny, a... tiny micrometeorites. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a word. That's a word. <laughs> it was quite the brain trust. Chemical engineering professor Dr. A.G. Oberg, physics professor Dr. George, and Dr. W.L. Ducker. Those are some names. <laughs> names. 1950s Head, names. <laughs> yeah, those are some old people names, man, if I've ever read any. Head of the Petroleum Engineering Department. Dr. W.L. Ducker. Yeah, the Dr. Petroleum Engineering w. Department. W.L. Ducker. That, that sounds like an oil tycoon. An yeah, oil baron. Real. <laughs> That's an oil baron if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> Around 9.20 p.m., the university colleagues saw something otherworldly in the expansive Texas sky. A V-shaped formation of 15 to 30 bluish-green lights passing overhead. Stunned, but still using their trained scientific reasoning... They figured the lights would reappear, and they did, about an hour later, in a more haphazard formation. The scientists were all in agreement. They had witnessed something fantastic. But what was it? Over a two-week stretch, hundreds of residents in this university town, including several prominent scientists, saw mysterious blue-green lights streaking across the night sky. One Texas Tech freshman snapped pictures which show a cluster of the lights in a V formation, the official explanation, migratory birds reflecting street lights. Yeah, okay. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, okay. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, 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 the go gooses have flying a V, also, so it's, it, that's what it is. Think about that, too. That's in the 1950s. So, like, people... What would be reflecting blue? It. What would be reflecting blue? Hey, migratory birds reflecting street lights. Obviously, duh. Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, neon neon was like just now starting to be a thing but even then the street lights would not be blue or any kind of color like we have nowadays hey, that's what they said that's what the government told us fuck the government <laughs> so we move on from new mexico and lubbock texas on to a more eastern side of the united states to kelly kentucky how the Little Green Men phenomenon began on a Kentucky farm. The 11 witnesses who arrived at the Hopskinville police station were genuinely terror-struck. Dun, dun, dun! Insert uh, 
X-Files theme song here. Oh, is, is that what we're doing? <laughs> On the night of August 21st, why? Yeah, I did say 21st, right? Okay. For some reason, I read that date. It's like August 21, 1925. On the August 21. <laughs> On the August 21. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody move! <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm having a European moment Come here. down to planet base. That's where we're all at, actually. On the planet of the base. On the planet of the base. base. Life, it never die. Women are my favorite guy. Sex, I'm wanting more. Tell the world to stop the war. It's such a good song. If you haven't heard it, you definitely it's called Plan of the Base by DJ Crazy Times. DJ Crazy Times. It's so good. Anyways, back to our <laughs> Kentucky story. On the night of August 21st, 1955, when a large extended family farm called the Suttons arrived breathlessly at the Hopkinsville Police Station in southwestern Kentucky. A farm family's story of a terrifying siege by otherworldly beings would become one of the most detailed and baffling accounts of an alien close encounter on record it was notable for the large number of witnesses nearly a dozen the duration of the encounter several hours and the close proximity between the witnesses and the creatures which were sometimes just a few feet away the incident quickly became regional and even national news the alleged encounter occurred on the sutton's farm in the tiny rural hamlet of kelly kentucky where the family lived in an unpainted three-room house without running water telephone radio tv or books of all the details of their story, the UFO landing and the appearance of small alien creatures, one, in fact, is indisputable. When the eight adults and three children arrived at the nearby Hopkins police station at about 11 p.m., they were generally struck with pure terror. These aren't the kind of people who would normally run to the police for help. Police Chief Russell Greenwell later told investigators, what they do is reach for their guns, yet here they were, women and children, hysterical, and one man with a pulse of 140 beats per minute. According to the accounts given to the police, at about 7 p.m. on a hot Sunday evening, Sutton family friend Billy Ray Taylor was fetching water from the backyard well. Uh, I'm going to say it and how I think he said it, since he's from Kentucky. Billy uh, Ray Taylor. Billy Ray Taylor. He said he saw a silvery object, real brat, with an exhaust all the colors of the rainbow. As he later recounted, it came silently toward the house, passed over it, stopped in the air, and then dropped straight to the ground. Taylor, who was 21, and his 18-year-old wife had come to Pennsylvania to visit Lucky Sutton, with whom he had worked on a traveling carnival. The Sutton's 50-year-old widow and matriarch, Glenn Lankford, her two other sons and their wives, a brother-in-law and widow's three younger children, who were 12, 10, and 7, didn't take Billy Ray seriously, laughing off his UFO accounts. So basically you have a 21-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 50-year-old who's widowed, uh, two older sons with their wives, their brother-in-laws, and then there's three children. So that's a, that's a lot of adults, plus three children, but they're also people from Kentucky, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just had to throw that one in there. So no one took yeah. Billy Ray seriously at all. An hour later, well, alert like. an hour later, alerted by the dogs, instants barking. They would not stop barking. Lucky and Billy Ray went to the back door and made out a strange glow in the midst of which they spied a small humanoid creature. About three and a half feet tall. It had an oversized head, which was almost perfectly round. Its arms 
extended almost to the ground. Its hands had talons, and its oversized eyes glowed with yellowish light. The body gave off an eerie shimmer in the light of the night's new moon, and it basically said it was made of silver metal is what it looked like. I mean, what's also crazy is, like, they're not the only ones who have described aliens to look like that, especially when you don't know anything about what aliens are when you have no connect with the outside world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's like, trying to, how, trying to understand or fathom what an alien is without even having a con- context. And just giving off what you see, and then you hear, like, yeah. stories from, like, say, in South America that have the same reportings and the same description, and the people have not, nothing's been public, you know what I mean? It's crazy how similar a lot of UFO sightings and alien sighting stories are when these people knew nothing about any of that such, you know? Yeah. Terrified, the two men grabbed a 20-gauge shotgun and a 22 rifle, fired at the little man. Its hands were now raised as if it's held up at gunpoint as it came towards the back door. They reported that it did a flip and scrambled upright and fled into the darkness. Shortly after, the men saw a similar creature appear in the side window and fired through the window screen. Still impervious to bullets, the little man again flipped and then disappeared. I went out in the hallway and crouched down next to Billy when I saw one approaching the door, said Miss Langford, which was the widow, the one who's like 50. It looked like a five-gallon it looked like a five-gallon gasoline can with a head on top and small legs. It was shimmering bright metal, metal like on my refrigerator. The amount of accounts of everything being like the same. The dramatic the drama escalated when Taylor stepped outside under the small overhanging roof and those behind him saw a claw-like hand reach down and touch his hair. That would be terrifying. The group screamed and pulled Taylor back while Lucky shot above the overhang and then out at another similar creature nearby. It floated to the ground and scurried into the woods. The Suttons moved inside and spent several hours listening for movements and hearing mostly occasional scratches on the roof. At 11 p.m., the whole group ran for the cars and hightailed to the police department at top speed. After the local police chief called for backup, his team was joined at the Sutton Farm by state police, military police from nearby Fort Campbell, and the photographer of a Kentucky paper. There, investigators found shell casings from gunshots, but no other evidence. Neither could they find proof of heavy drinking. According to the Sutton matriarch, liquor was not allowed on the farmhouse. You're also talking about people that didn't have books, television, you know. Or any kind of concept of Yeah, it's just like they were just rural people that lived their life you know it's crazy they they operated by candles once the police and others left though the creatures returned between 2 30 a.m and daybreak miss Langford said she saw one glowing repeatedly by her bedside window its claw-like hand on the screen in the following days after radio stations and newspapers reported the incident hundreds of curious seekers descended on the farm that would be horrendous Imagine, like, being in your own little world, like, not really having, like, much contact, and then all of a sudden you have one thing happen, and it becomes national news, and then everyone's on your place. Yeah, that's wild. That's That would be awful. So that's basically what happened. Like, everyone came to, like, either tell them they were stupid, or it was a fraud, um, different things like that, like, you know, or they believed them. They were, you know what I mean? Just people coming and standing on your property, and you're just like, ah, this is the most people I've ever seen in one sitting, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no kidding. Like, that would be a obnoxious amount of people. 
As the Kelly story spread into the world, it took a life. It took on a life its own. The number of little men grew to dozens or more. A few a few years later, the little metallic men were conflated with an Eastern Kentucky women's report of a flying saucer, a six foot tall man in green, helping launch the myth of the little green men. Hey yo, that's insane. How you like that sighting? Especially when there's that many people. Yeah, like that many people can corroborate the same thing as like exactly one or two is okay, people. maybe, but having that many people at once be like, yeah, this is exactly what happened. Oh, it's nuts. There's a few episodes on the last podcast on the left where they talk about they talk about men in black. They talk about I mean, they talk about tons of cryptids and aliens and stuff, but they talk about men in black. They talk about a incident that happened in uh, somewhere in Latin America. I cannot remember where. And they talk about how these school children. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it exactly wasn't. What I'm it wasn't about. Latin America. It was in uh, Africa. Af- no, 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 no. There yes, was another no, it one. Was in, it was in Africa. The one you were talking about, where it's all the kids. That was in Africa. Oh yeah, it was in South Africa. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And the it was basically like anyway, something native... like that, somewhere place. Um, there was a school, and these kids all saw the same thing. Yeah, there's like all 50 saw of the them. same. There were, yeah, fifty kids all saw the same thing, and then they all had to tell their stories individually yeah, separately be, and they all said the same exact thing. Yeah, basically something something pretty similar. The only thing the only thing was like It was like in the 50s all, or 60s too. They all saw something, but like no two were necessarily the same, but it was all s- similar in some shape. It was They were just all described differently cuz they're really children, weird. you know. Yeah. It, it's it a really good really episode. Weird. Um if I remember what it is, I'll say that it. Was, that's in one of those side stories, I think. No, it's it's one of their full blown stories. But anyways, they have tons. If you guys are not, if you really enjoy our podcast like this, last podcast on the left, you guys would really like. They go into way more detail about a lot of things. Um, Lpot, hell yeah. Anyways, on to our next uh, story: uh, UFO sighting, alien sightings. Yep. On the list in White Mountains, New Hampshire. It was a September night in 1961. They hadn't seen a car for miles. And a strange light in the sky seemed to follow them. When they finally got home to Portsmouth at dawn, they were far from relieved. Betty and Barty Hill couldn't understand what was happening. They felt dirty. Their watches stopped working. Barney's shoes were strangely scuffed and Betty's dress was ripped. There were two hours of a drive that neither one of them could remember. What had happened? With the help of a psychiatrist, the quiet couple eventually revealed a startling story. Gray beings with large eyes had walked them into a metallic disc as wide, Betty said, as her house was long. Once inside, the beings examined the couples and erased their memories. Their experience would kick off an Air Force inquiry, part of the secretive initiative Project Blue Book. Yeah, Project Blue Book! (laughs) That investigated UFO sightings across the country. The incident would also become the first ever widely publicized alien abduction account and shape how stories like it were told and understood from then on. Debate continues as to whether the husband and wife were liars, fantasists, crackpots, or simply sleep-deprived people who later recovered serious scrambled memories. On the last night of their three-day trip, the tired couple sipped coffee and a Vermont diner to recharge before driving back. Barney figured if they pushed through, they could beat the wind and rains from an approaching hurricane. 
They left the diner around 10 p.m., estimating they could reach their red-framed house in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. at the latest. As they drove, strange lights in the sky gave another reason to hurry. At first, it looked like a falling star, but grew larger and brighter with each mile. Barney, an avid plane watcher and World War II vet, was sure they had nothing to worry about. It's just a satellite, he assured Betty. It probably went off course. Betty and Barney Hill couldn't understand why the light was chasing their car. But after some rhythmic beeping, they got drowsy and woke up two hours later, 35 miles away, disheveled and confused. Years later, hypnosis helped them recover memories of an abduction by gray humanoid creatures who led them to a saucer and conducted invasive tests. We're talking anal probes baby <laughs> get them butts out and probe inside and see what we can find i am laughing because as you're reading this i was like this is us <laughs> i was like this is me and stony uh, all i have to say <laughs> is how in the fuck did you only go 35 miles in two hours like you have to be going very no, slow that's what they're saying is like they woke up 35 miles away yeah, two hours it. later. It That's says they woke saying. up two hours later, 35 miles away. But so, they like, did they just driving. Did they just pick up the whole car and take the whole car with them? You've seen the shows. You see them pick up cows. Yeah, but the, you never see them take the vehicle. They always just abduct the people. But you got to realize they also And could, usually like, they get dropped off exactly where they were taken yes, from. Yes, but they also could have done the bright light and they could have made them get out of the car and then abducted them that way like there's no it's fucking aliens they could literally do whatever they fucking no wanted. i need logistics <laughs> on how yeah. this was accomplished anyways they suck up the whole car or not Tony, that's for them to know um i find it the most fascinating and the best part of the whole story is the only reason project blue book exists is because of this situation betty and barney became yeah what is it uh betty and barney hill they became widely well known for their story you know the same people with skeptics and believers just depends on which side of the pendulum you fall um it turned into a full government project in the early 60s 1961 after years and years of ufo sightings and alien abductions and alien sightings and accounts throughout the 40s and 50s they finally made a secret government project. And there's more into that. If you guys want to dive into Project Blue Book, you can go on an extensive rabbit hole. Watch yeah, that, that could be a whole episode it's, by itself. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. We might actually make that a whole episode itself because it's very detailed. There's tons of accounts. It's quite insane. Um, but we're going to move on from the north of New Hampshire down to Dayton or over to Dayton, Ohio. In June 1947, while flying his small plane, businessman and civilian pilot Kenneth Arnold reported seeing nine objects moving at high speeds through the skies over Washington's Mount Rainier. Widely publicized reports of Arnold's experience, followed by an increasing number of reported UFO sightings, led the U.S. Air Force to begin an investigation into the sightings called Operation Sign in 1948. The Air Force's UFO-related inquiries took place against a backdrop of frenzied popular interest in the strange flying objects, which reached its peak soon after Project Blue Book began in 1951. Head 
headquartered at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, Project Blue Book would become the longest running of the U.S. government's official inquiries into UFOs. Like I said, that could be a whole episode in itself. If you guys want to know more, please take the time to really get into it because it is lengthy and so detailed. Alarmed by the striking number of UFO sightings reported in 1952, the administration of President Harry S. Truman feared an outbreak of hysteria over the issue. In 1953, the Central Intelligence Agency, a.k.a. the CIA, responded to these fears by assembling an expert panel of scientists headed by physicist H.P. Robertson of the California Institute of Technology to discuss the UFO issue. The Robertson panel met for three days during which they interviewed military officers and the Blue Book officials and reviewed photos and film of supposed UFOs. The panel concluded that there was no basis for the so-called extraterrestrial hypothesis and the UFOs posed no security threat. What a bunch of fucking morons. You know? <laughs> what a bunch of little little idiots. What a, what a bunch of weirdo dweebs. <laughs> what a bunch of dweebs don't believe in aliens. Little, uh, little, ba- little, little piss babies. Yeah. Little, little baby piss babies. Little, little <laughs> baby piss babies. Fully 90% of the sightings, according to the Robertson panel, could be attributed to astrological or meteorological activity or to man-made causes such as balloons or searchlights. The panel's findings were not fully declassified until 1979, feeding suspicions that the government conspiracy was in the works. No fucking duh. They're hiding everything. They hid everything from us until 2020 when they finally were like, yeah, there's aliens. Here's some proof. You know what I mean? Fuck out of here. <laughs> Over the next 17 years, Project Blue Book would compile reports of 12,000 618 UFO sightings or related events. So you're telling me in the 12,618 UFO sightings, not one of them were like, yeah, that's that's a real alien. They were like, no. I bet you almost all of them were 100%. I bet you yeah. all of them, they were, were aliens. I'm not going to say not all of them, but like a good portion. Because, you know, some people are just, you know, have some mental illnesses back in the 50s and they didn't really know it. Through the 60s and 70s, you know what I mean? Like, people were getting lobotomies for uh, being depressed. You know what I mean? Things like that. So, similarly to the Robertson panel, Blue Book would eventually classify more than 90% of these identified, meaning that they were caused by a known astronomical, atmospheric, or artificial, quote-unquote, man-made phenomenon. Don't believe that a bit. Absolutely don't believe that. The remaining 700 incidents remained unidentified. These included cases in which there was insufficient information to assign the event to a known cause. So it was aliens. What the fuck you mean? Yeah, exactly. Of course <laughs> no, it was aliens. aliens. In 1966, the Air Force had requested the formation of another committee to look into the details of 59 UFO sightings investigated by Project Blue Book. The committee, headed by Dr. Edward Condon and based at the University of Colorado, released its scientific study of identified flying objects, better known as the Condon Report, in 1968. According to the Condon Report, the sightings they examined showed no evidence of any unusual activity and recommended that the Air Force stop investigating UFO-related incidents. The aliens are not real. Stop it. Don't look into it. Nope, 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 nope. Stop wrong. it. No, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't. You can't believe in aliens. No, you stop. can't. No, that's all thing. 
That's Oz. <laughs> what, what are we searching it? Go away. Your mom said that you can't look at UFOs. Only I can look at UFOs. That's how they're acting. That's literally how they're acting in all of these. No, that's that's wrong. You're wrong. It's stupid. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, they're like, holy fuck, guys. Holy fuck. You know what I mean? Stupid. In 1969, AO, in response to the Condon Report, as well as a declining number of UFO sightings, Project Blue Book was officially brought to an end. Because no one wanted to fucking bring their UFO information to them. Everyone was like, you're just going to fucking deny it anyways. You've never once confirmed any of them. I get it. You know what I mean? Fuck. Among its conclusions were that the sightings categorized as unidentified, there was no evidence submitted or discovered by the Air Force that there were results of technology beyond the range of modern scientific knowledge or that there were extraterrestrial vehicles. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What the fuck do you mean? What do you mean? So basically in 1969, when things were just getting good, everyone stopped talking about aliens. Obviously, there was, like, wars to talk about and a bunch of other shit going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. They um, just wanted to talk, but they wanted no one else to be able to talk about it. Yes. And then they basically said, like, it, they basically denied any any case. They were just like, oh, we're going to categorize it as unidentified, but it's definitely not beyond our modern technology in fucking 1969. Yeah, okay. Your modern technology is, like, a fucking typewriter. Like, chill. Right. <laughs> Chill. And it's funny because if you think about it, like that's how they acted in the '60s about UFOs. Like they were denied till you die. They're right? still doing it. it no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. They're denied till you die. Yet we just—they just started doing hearings about it, and it's like now okay, they're okay, having no, to actually. Yet. No, 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 no. I just find it funny that that's they went there. They have done such a 180 from what it was. To where we're at now, and it's like, what's going sleeping. on behind the scenes as we a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> we what's going on? <laughs> why are they saying? Why are they telling us? Show me the aliens. What's going on you here? Know, every time we read one of these, I think more and more of how the ancient alien guy is just alien. Right, he's just right all the time, and we made fun of him for so long, and people made him into a meme, and people made him thought he was just a crazy fucking Looney Tune, and now he's yep. like, haha, you fucking idiots. Aliens. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. BRB gonna binge watch all ancient aliens after this episode. <laughs> right. It's such a good show. Some of them get a little wild and wonky, but it's still fun. Now you could be like, hmm, is that true? I don't know. The aspect of being like, is it true? Rather than be like, absolutely not. You know what I mean? I love yeah. that aspect now. Being like, hmm, that might be a possibility. Anything's possible. Plausible. In Mythbusters terms, it's plausible. <laughs> and for our final one, we're going to head on down to New York City, New York. On New Year's Eve of 1982, a few minutes before midnight, a retired police officer was out in his backyard in Kent, New York, when he observed a group of strange lights off to the south. It's kind of nice that we're heading into the 80s because we've been talking about the 40s and the 50s so much. And it seems like uh, yes, so the, much the, the land of synthwave and pastel loud colors <laughs> neon colors everything it's nice that we're jumping some decades because so many of the accounts do happen in you know 40s through the 60s and then once that project got shot everyone kind of shut up about it and now we're into the 80s where people are talking about it some more yeah and now we will never stop talking about it aliens forever they were colored red green and white at the 
At first, the former officer thought they belonged to a jet aircraft in trouble. But as the object passed over his house at a height he estimated to be about 500 feet, he realized it was moving much too slowly for a jet and made too little noise. Just a distant humming sound. That'd was... be so scary. Yeah. That just, mm, that'd be so scary. Are you kidding me? And being that close? Bro, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. As he watched, he decided that the light, which was appeared in a V shape. Another V shape. Another V. V for Another... vagina. Glowing vaginas in the sky. Um, <laughs> it appeared as a V shape. We're connected by a dark triangle triangular <laughs> were connected by a dark triangular fuselage he wouldn't be the last person to report such an event many others followed and by march 23rd of 1983 the local a whole lo- year later yeah a whole year crazy. a whole years year later the, like just it keeps a going. year a year and some months actually it's crazy uh the local newspaper in port chester new york was running a front page feature describing crowds of people claiming to have seen the triangular object. And they're saying aliens aren't real. Why are yeah. so many people in the same area seeing the I same want thing? to believe. Okay, that's, that's all it is. I want to believe. <laughs> the witnesses who were interviewed included an on-duty police officer named Kevin Soravila, who testified that he had seen the object twice in a 45-minute period after his department had received more than 100 calls. He described the object the same way the others had, saying that he had seen he had seen it stop in midair and turn perpendicular before reversing course and heading away from view. At no point in the article was there any suggestion of people making up stories or misidentifying anything. Which is crazy. The fact, like I said, yeah, there was no people... there. They weren't trying to discredit it because so many people saw it. When you have that many people, it's kind of hard to and be like, oh, but it wasn't real. They're explaining the movement of it is huge. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, it, it zoomed off and went over here, but it's like everyone kind of saying the same. Everyone, shit. Like, everyone saw on. the same thing. Come on. By November of that year, the local newspapers were not just covering the sightings themselves, but also the people who were flocking to the valley to investigate this activity. On November 11th, 1983, the Journal News in White Plains, New York, ran a two-column story featuring interviews with UFO investigators. <laughs> um, a ufologist. Um, I love that name. I love I that fucking, term. I hate it because people say ufologist, ufologist. ufologist. So, it's a debate. Marcus always says ufologist, and I hate yep. it because he says UFO also. Hey. Marcus Parks is never wrong, all right? You, UFO sounds stupid, okay? <laughs> so does ufologist. Ufologist sounds dupe. Okay, anyways, ufologist. One ufologist from Connecticut who was a member of Citizens Against UFO Secrecy <laughs> told a <laughs> UFO? reporter... UFO! Fuck off! Fuck off! UFO! Fuck Citizens off. Against UFO Secrecy... <laughs> Told a reporter that more aliens would probably visit Earth if humans weren't so hostile towards them. We just all want to fuck them. We're now, all just assholes now. It's like, but no. now is not the time. Now is the, not the time. Do you see the amount of polls that are going around of people being like, would you, would you fuck? Yes, we, everyone we had would this try discussion. to fuck the aliens. Remember, we had this discussion. If you guys haven't heard our last episode, we did an outer space uh, episode in, after we did our uh, uh ocean episode back oh, yeah, in October, I, I, yeah. where we dressed up as where I dressed up as an alien. We yep. talked about 
if people would fuck aliens and it was a hundred like a hundred percent they would there's a resounding yes a resounding yes people would fuck aliens a second investigator accused the federal government of having crashed flying discs and alien bodies insisting that they were covering up the information to keep it from the public that guy may or may not wear a tinfoil hat 100 percent. may or may not <laughs> so now we kind of rounded it up some particular stories like i said there's a over 12,918 just in project blue book alone 618 or however many there are 19 12,618 which is a lot lot there's like that's not just that coincidence. happened that's just from to 1969 there's been plenty that has happened since now so that was our little summary of some fun little stories so i hope you guys learned some nice little cases and now we're going to move on to uh our next part kind of little add-in our little government part yep and as we all know the president of the United States has access to secret documents. Former president and rock and roll enthusiast, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, Jimmy Carter, rock and roll president. <laughs> smoked weed with Willie on the roof the of the White House. The White House, hell yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Carter waited four years before he at last went public with the news that he'd seen a UFO. Probably was, on the roof of the White House with Willie Nelson. Probably, <laughs> probably. It was in 1969 when Carter was a private citizen between his service as a Georgia state senator and the governor of the state. So technically he wasn't president. No, nope, but he was still in the government nonetheless. Yes. yes. That he saw a mysterious luminous object hanging in the sky one night after attending a Lions Club meeting. Carter kept deciding to himself, deciding only in 1973 to file his report with the International UFO Bureau in Oklahoma. Hell yeah. The verdict? Nothing to see here. Carry on. Move along. Nothing You're to wrong. see here. Even though you know all about the files and everything because you are a formal president, we're going to still tell you fucking no. Well, no. At this point, he wasn't former president. He wasn't president yet. Because this is in between. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. In between when he was the state senator and then the governor. So, the verdict? Nothing to see here. A little basic astronomical forensics revealed that what Carter saw on that day and at that spot in the sky was Venus, whose extreme, lumin whose extreme lumosity has fooled no shortage of UFO believers before. Nope, Jimmy Carter knew what he saw. Yeah, old Jim Jam, nah, he saw some aliens. He knew what he saw. So, speaking of the government, how easily they denied anything, now brings us to the modern day topic. Uh, you guys are still sticking with us, so now's the time to get into the modern-day juicy shit. With yes, today's modern-day juice. Big candy, and why <laughs> we have to take down the establishment, that is the Valentines, okay? It's will... bullshit. Big candy needs to be stopped. Big diamond. Big diamond as well, and now we're company. talking big about Hallmark. big government, okay? Big they're all big corporate machines that need to be shut down and brought offline. Oh my god, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, that has been an inside joke since February with our Valentine's Day episode. Stoney has kept that bit up this entire time. We are now in August. He's kept that up for months now, and I'm sure he's going to keep it up for years it's to come. It's going to be a long-running thing oh because there's god. always a big something. You know what I mean? 
like big greeting cards. Like why are greeting cards in industry? Hallmark, big Hallmark. Hallmark. That's the only (laughs) reason why. So now we're into the recent government hearings. If you guys don't know, like we said at the beginning of the episode, the it is now August third when this episode is out of 2023. A couple weeks ago, um, they had some congressional hearings about UFOs, and we're gonna basically tell you all about it. Um, we're gonna read you some quotes, the people that were involved, and kind of dive into, um. The shit that's been happening recently. Now that we kind of give you a, a like, hmm, the government's been hiding so much shit in these past stories. I wonder what's going on. We're really going to get into it. Former military officials made a series of mystifying claims about unidentified aerial phenomenon. Here is where we change the uh, nouns from UFO to UAP. So from now on, in, in the more modern days, everything is a UAP. UAP. Uh, So under they did this under oath at a recent congressional hearing. Three former military officials told Congress Wednesday that they believe the government knows much more about UFOs than it's telling the public. A House Oversight Subcommittee held a hearing on UFOs, officially known as UAPs, and heard mystifying testimony about unexplained objects, object sightings, and government possession of non-human biological matter. Lawmakers on the committee, baffled by some of the testimony, repeatedly noted that UAP sightings are an issue of bipartisan concern and raised national security questions. If we flash back to what we just talked about earlier, they kept saying it doesn't, it's not a national security thing at all. See, but the now 40s, they're stupid because the 50s, now... The 50s, 70s, and 80s, 90s, and early 2000s... Yeah, they're like, it's decades, not a security risk. It's not and security now risk. they're getting into... And, then, and that's because we live in a post-9-11 world where now every single is thing a is a risk. national security risk because they have to justify the Department of Homeland Security spending billions and billions the dollars. of dollars yep, every yep, year yep, 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 yep. for a war machine that we don't fucking need. The bingo, and then once and so happens, it's a matter everyone... of national security. So that way they can know who to spend money and who to invest in. So which company is going to turn a huge profit? Yep. Because there's no law against Congress having share prices and shared interest in stuff that they vote on, and it's bullshit. And lobbying <laughs> is a fucking crime, and that's why our country sucks, and why there's going to be a downfall of civilization. Fucking big government. <laughs> God. Oh, take a breath, Stoney. Fired up. Take a breath, Stoney. So I think it's hilarious, but it's also the the point of people always make the argument of like, well, they're spending all this money on government. What if something happens? And when something actually happens, everyone's like, okay, I'm glad we spent all that money. You know, it's like the stupid flip of the coin. Anyways, so now they're talking about that it is, might be a concern, and we need to raise the national security question. So what Sony said, they can make tons of money off of it. They can spend tons of money off of it. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck a dick, fuck a dick, suck a dick, right? All fuck, fuck a dick, stupid. suck a dick, huh? Separately, some accuse the federal government of endeavoring the concealed key UFO-related information from the public. Which, of did- course, they do. Though they did not provide evidence to support those allegations. This we don't a... need evidence. We know you do. It's the government. They always hide stuff. This is a quote from Representative Robert Garcia. Quote, The sheer number of reports, whistleblowers, and stories of unidentified anomalous phenomenons should raise real questions and warrant investigation and oversight. And that's why we're here today. UAPs, 
whatever they may be, may pose a serious threat to our military or civilian aircraft. And that must be understood. End quote. Which I get how they're they're trying to be a steps ahead because I guess it must be serious enough for them to start taking it as a serious threat considering they've been decades of not taking it seriously. You know what I mean? I feel like something has happened behind the scenes, you know? They've seen what things can do. You know, you catch my Oh, theory? yeah, definitely. I mean, of course they have this new space-age tech and everything like that. Where do you think it comes from? Meanwhile, Outer space. Meanwhile, the aliens are listening to this podcast right now, and they're like, oh, they're so right, dude. <laughs> they're they're so smoking right. that, smoking that, uh, that Jupiter pack. Fucking the aliens are listening to the Ramblin' podcast right now, and they're just like they are. They know what they're talking about. So they, they get, they, they get it. They get it. They get it. So if you guys, if, if, if you're hearing this and we're transmitting, give us give us some kind of info. Give us a sign. I don't know. Give us. No. I don't know. I would, let's I let's call it. We let's call it two hundred fifty thousand Earth dollar dues, and that'll be a sign that you get this. And we will always cater this is to not, you. This is not the Our, year our <laughs> alien overlords. Stony fucking selling his soul to aliens already for only 250 smackaroons. No, I said 250,000. Yeah, thousand, that's, baby. That's We're talking quarter million dolly. Quarter million dolly. 250 million spacey yeah, dollars. Actually, what the fuck are you talking yeah, yeah. About? Give me some galactic credits. <laughs> yeah. You know, give me some okay, like, give me Star some Wars like nerd. Mercury, Mercury Lake front oh property on mercury or something you're the worst know. shut up shut up <laughs> these give me a timeshare on mars okay oh my god stony these uap sightings experts say might be attributable to balloons drones optical illusions or even the blinking lights of commercial airlines which it's not fuck it suck it come on the Pentagon has said that they have seen no evidence linking UAPs to the alien activity, though they have not ruled out that explanation, which means it's true. It means it's true. They haven't ruled it out. So they're like, hmm, actually, we're going to give them like a crummy crumb of like, what's real? Here's a little crummy crumb. Here's a little, here's a little crumb. You peasants get a tiny crumb. That's what it feels like. David Grush, a former U.S. intelligence official, told the panel that he is absolutely certain that the federal government is in possession of UAPs. Citing interviews, he said he conducted with 40 witnesses over a four-year period. The former U.S. intelligence... That's 10 a year. Yeah, that is 10... That's, that that, <laughs> that's that could years. very well be 10 a year. <laughs> With the math be mathin'. <laughs> if the math be mathin', that's the law of averages. <laughs> The former U.S. intelligence official said he led Defense Department efforts to analyze reported UAP sightings and was informed of a multi-decade Pentagon program that endeavored to collect and reconstruct crashed UAPs. Project was... Blue Book? Question mark? Oh, gee, I don't know. The government knowing about aliens? Who would have fucking thought? Oh, Easy. we've been doing it multi-decades? Oh, wow, I thought this was brand new. Wow, guys. Remember, wow. also, remember, during these hearings, they are also, like, no emotion. Yeah, and they act they like they're showing... hearing this for the first time. And it's like, shut up, dude. No, there's, there's no emotion. Like, they, they're like, oh, aliens? He goes, yeah, well, we need to move on to the evidence. Like, they fucking, the, you guys gotta watch some of the hearings. The way they talk is so monotoned. And it's like, they're being so professional about it. Like, 
you know, like I said, it's not like the biggest thing that's you know, happening right now. It's just stupid. You know, it's just fucking weird. U.S. Navy pilots and other American military forces have reported more than 650 instances of flying objects moving in all manner of ways that defy conventional aeronautical physics. Doing the loop-de-loops, changing directions with the nimbleness no existing technology could manage. Like 650, over 650. Yep. Navy pilots. Yep, and, and other that's military stuff forces. they cannot explain. God. The fact that there are people that are trained in this shit, and they're like, I have no fucking idea what that is. That are part of the fucking military. It's just mind-blowing. And they're like, mm, no, it's just your imagination. Yep. None produced detectable exhaust. Some turned with a suddenness that would have produced deadly G-forces to any human who might be on board. In 2020, the Pentagon released videos of three of the Navy sightings, confirming that whatever the UAPs are, they're very real. See? See? I hate that they deny it, and then all of a sudden they're like, never mind. Just kidding, you guys are right. Ha ha ha. Eh. So quirky. Eh. Fucking government. Jesus Christ. Ryan Graves, a former Navy pilot, told the panel that military pilots do not feel adequately briefed on UAPs which he said leaves them unprepared to respond to a UAP encounters. The former Navy pilot claimed that commercial airline pilots have spotted UAPs too. Some witnesses and lawmakers at the hearing argued that the stigma associated with reporting, with reporting UFO sightings, as well as the alleged harassment of those who work to investigate them, may be hindering efforts to determine their origins. Graves told the panel that stigma silences pilots who fear professional repercussions which he said is compounded by recent government claims questioning the credibility of eyewitness testimony, which he's not fucking wrong. They're going to make people look crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's the whole point of it. That's what they've been doing for decades is to make people look absolutely insane and that you just saw that. It's your imagination. It's not real. No matter how many people saw things, you know? David Fravor, a former Navy commander, said he and three fellow military pilots spotted a white tic-tac-shaped object in 2004, hovering below their jets and just above the Pacific Ocean. As he descended to inspect the sighting, he claimed that unidentified aircraft, which he said bore no visible rotors, wings, or exhaust, began to ascend and approach his fighter jet. He claimed that the UAP then vanished only to reappear a few seconds later. But this time, it was, it was spotted 60 miles away. Fravor told the committee that the technology he and his team encountered defies logical explanation. The technology that we faced is far superior to anything that we had, Fravor claimed. And there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing. That's terrifying. Something yep. appearing and disappearing 60 miles away. And then you're just like, Huh, I just saw a spaceship. I'm pretty sure just, I just saw a spaceship, you know? Just, oh, neato. Yeah, and the fact that he, the, his quote is that there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing. It's the helplessness as well that is terrifying for a lot of people. Just being like, nothing, absolutely nothing we can do. That's so crazy. The U.S. military has for decades been in possession of the remains of crashed UAPs and has long been at work trying to reverse engineer them. Not only that, the government recovered non-human biologicals and has been aware of non-human activity 
since the 1930s. Why the fuck you lying? Why yeah. you always lying? Oh my god. Stop fucking lying. Literally. And the science is where things get awfully tricky, especially when it comes to how and why E.T. would be coming to our particular spot in the universe. The fact that there is 400 billion stars in one galaxy, the Milky Way, one fucking galaxy. That's also mind blowing. Virtually every one of which is circled by at least one planet and many by multiple planets like our own solar system. Our galaxy is about 100,000 light years across. A single light year is just shy of 9 trillion kilometers or about 6 trillion miles. That's six a lot. 6 trillion miles. 400 billion stars, one galaxy, and 6 million or 6 trillion, trillion miles away. That's six insane. Trillion. Unless Einstein is wrong and he hasn't been yet, nothing can exceed light speed. And merely approaching it would take an, an astonishing degree of technological achievement. Now, take all of those five figures and multiply them by two trillion. Or the number of galaxies that observations by NASA's Hubble, Hubble telescope have estimated are in the universe. So, 400 billion stars times the Milky Way times six trillion miles times two trillion. That's the number of galaxies in the fucking universe that we can know of. Isn't that also, I cannot wrap my brain around that. That is, you cannot wrap your brain around, like, it's just, it's literally, my brain hurts when you really try to think about it. You're like, it makes you feel so small. We are are just, we are a floating rock in space and we think we're the superior race. Like, fuck off. Yeah, our our little. We think the human species are a pure superior species. It's, yeah, we it's think insane. we're the most intelligent thing in the galaxy. So fucking stupid. People are Which so fucking dumb. Which is asinine. God, people are so fucking dumb. We're probably not even top ten. We're, as we said it in the last episode of our outer space, we are big dumb dumbs. We are the big dumb dumb idiots. We are the big dumb dumb of the universe. Yes, and they are so much smarter. Unless than there's us. like a race of slug creatures that <laughs> we know don't we're still stupid. Sentience. Nope, we're still stupid. We're still They're the still big superior. dumb idiots. They already have. They already have rocket technology. Yeah, we're just fucking idiots. That makes for an awful a lot an awful lot of planets and an awful lot of cosmic real estate for a visiting spacecraft to just come to our little world. Mm-hmm. Fucking nuts. Whether you are a believer that wishes to appease the aliens of the universe or the skeptic that still doesn't believe anything and it's just Jesus coming back, honestly... It is what a lot of alien deniers say when the topic is brought up. But Which hey. is also what we talked about at the beginning where I said the deniers. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Religious any, deniers. It, not even just, no, not religious deniers. Anything with aliens, anything with the extraterrestrials, especially now that we've talked about the most recent government hearings, majority of the people that do not believe in this only believe that it's Armageddon, it's the end of the times, and Jesus is coming back. It's not actually aliens, it's Jesus. And that's a lot to take in. That's a lot to take in more than the aliens existing is a lot to take in. You know what I mean? Yep. And if people truly believe that, how they can believe that, that's what they want to believe. But in my opinion, I think that is the most asinine thought you could ever think of is knowing that there is 
billions and trillions of galaxies in the world and we know that there's other planets in the world or in the universe right in the universe and the cosmos whatever right yeah knowing that there's trillions and billions and we're so far away and we're like a tiny person floating through a rock in space right correct the fact that the person after we've had proof from the government and there's been so many years of it and people just bring it back to this in my opinion made up religion by men decades in thousands and hundreds of years uh, before sure right but before that it is a white dude with long hair that died for your sins coming back from from the middle east but he's still a white guy yeah that's that's not that's just what blows my mind is like the people who true like if you believe in aliens and you believe in jesus cool but if you don't believe in aliens and you think it's jesus like that's that's a whole nother level of like religious commitment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, you know, if there's people that do that. Yeah. Cool, and that's whatever. what I'm saying. Most of the people that have been denying all of us and saying like all these hearings are stupid and the government's dumb, which like government's dumb, duh. Yeah. But the people that like literally, if you ask them, do you believe in aliens? And they're like, no. It's like, one, you're very, very, very small minded if you cannot yeah. wrap your brain around all of it. But then you also, it leans into the aspect of like maybe they're scared. So they're really like, leaning onto their faith more you know well yeah it's i mean like, then, that's 90 percent of religion in general is it's just fear-based. scared yeah fear-based um but i think it's hilarious when they just really believe and the way you read it too was exactly how i typed it was jesus coming back like yeah. people truly believe that these spaceships and alien things is jesus but in like what world in the actual bible that they know heart to heart does that say jesus is going to come back in an alien spaceship you know what i mean yeah it's wild. like i don't know but yeah just fun fact if you guys didn't know that if the people who are alien deniers that like i mean there's a difference between being like a denier and not believing like aliens exist but believe in like in space and science and shit but to just not think we have universes or cosmos or anything like that like it's literally just earth our planets because you kind of learn that in science the yep. sun and Jesus. That's it. Like, there's not, it's just, it's kind of, it's mind blowing when you get into that. Anyways, I was a little All right, to wrap tangent. this, to wrap this weird fucking tangent, I hope <laughs> having something so fascinating and universal as a human experience is wild. The amount of universes and galaxies that are out there, there is no way we are the only ones. Amongst the cosmos lie intricate species that we have yet to encounter, discover, nor have any knowledge of, and that can be either captivating or terrifying, or honestly both, depending on how you see it. And that's the big pill to swallow towards uh, the end of our episode here is whether you believe or not believe, the thought of it is terrifying, depending on how you view it, or you're extremely fascinated in it, or it's terrifyingly fascinating. Which is what I fall into. I fall into that middle ground of like, it is absolutely terrifying because they probably know so much more about us than we know about them. And they've been hidden for a very long time. Ancient aliens. And have let, they have let us see them here and there. Right. Whether they were studying us, like alien abductions, or they were studying animals with people talking about cows getting abducted. You know what I mean? Like, there's just a, I believe how we are studying aliens now and how we have viewed them throughout this, they have their own information. A hundred percent. Like they do their own thing. 
and they know about us and they probably like i said in the previous episode of our outer space episode in october oh yeah they think they probably think we're big dumb fucking idiots and was like oh we're gonna stay away from this fucking planet these people are crazy big dumb dummy dumbs that's that's why they also probably think we're stupid that's probably why they didn't they're not here they're probably like oh these people just want to fuck us and like destroy the world they're gonna try to like capture us and study both us. both of which are correct points accurate yeah and you're seeing it now more that we're getting to know more of the the hearings i'm curious to see what's going to be more of the outcome um, i'm curious to see why all of a sudden now it's like utmost importance you know like exactly and if you're a true conspiracy theorist something something even worse is happening behind the curtains ha 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 but seriously the the aspect of like i wonder what they've solved to especially be like oh it's a national security threat now we really gotta start talking about it but there's also like not a lot of evidence with it and people are gonna debunk it and blah 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 aliens are fucking real whether we what version of aliens we fucking think of but aliens are literally other things from any universe any galaxies and i believe in that 100 percent. i like i said we are not the only ones yep and there's, there's also the theory that you know they've already visited this planet multiple times but they realized how terrible we were as a society yeah, we just are all we care about is thing. is greed and owning things and the government it's, is all lizard people and the government is a fucking lie and big government <laughs> just another tangent of just, you just yep. start going into conspiracies but I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say this was a conspiracy episode. I really think this was like a fact episode. We kind of gave you some like stories and encounters of some well-known cases with tons of eyewitnesses. Hell, we're talking about 2023 in Congress. We got dropped some UFO a UAP videos in 2020 when everything was collapsing because they were the government's like, yeah, now's a good time. Now, now's a good time. Yeah, they've decided, hey, this is perfect opportunity. Everyone's, everyone's losing their minds. They can't lose their minds anymore. You know, now's a good time. Um, and now we're just so used to bullshit happening, like, every single day, almost every month, too. So we're kind of just like... We just don't even question things we're getting, anymore. Yeah, we're getting desensitized to a lot of things. Um, and I think that's also a big part of it, too, is just being like, wow. This is wow. happening. It's happening. That's uh, That's pretty cool. But I think now is a very good time to end. Um, what an episode back. Yeah, what an episode back. I hope you guys really enjoyed our aliens aspect. Obviously, leave the alien emoji down below for the secret passcode this week. Or send us a little UFO emoji or whatever that relates to space. If you're a denier, send an X. Send an if X and a Jesus and a cross. I don't, I don't, send, you're not a real person. If you're a denier, send the cross. <laughs> oh my god. But this, yeah, I'm so glad to have you back, Tony. What a one episode to come back on. Aliens. It was yes. an absolute blast. It's so nice to have your voice back. And I'm sure the listeners are like, oh, Tony's central voice. Oh, you got to give him some more kisses. He's never leaving y'all again. He's a part <laughs> Oh, my God. That, yeah, what a great episode to be back on. We're just getting started, folks. We have a, uh, some more series coming up. Um, now the Argus has started, now the Sony's back, and we're ready to give you guys some more episodes. Like I said, our one year's coming up on the 1st of ooh, September. Ooh, 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 ooh. Anyways, where can the good... Uh... <laughs> they can find me at Stony Robbins underscore. Figure it out. 
go find it if you want to. If not, that's cool too. I don't give a shit. So what about you? Guys. What about you, Titty? Well, you guys can find me at ConwayTitty.com. That is Conway T I T T Y dot com. That's where all my links are at. Uh Stone and I stream together on Twitch. You should come hang out, watch him yell at me while we play games because he gets so into it, or he, I'm doing something wrong, and he's, like, telling me and mansplaining how to do something. Um, or he's giggling. Down with the patriarchy. So or he's giggling and laughing so hard that his side is cramping because he's being absolute chaos. So come check us out on the streams. We stream on Twitch and YouTube. Um, anyways, just click the fucking links. You'll find him there. Uh, but other than that, we appreciate Like, comment, guys. subscribe, download. <laughs> um, uh, subscribe to our share. podcast channel on Apple Music or Spotify or, or Amazon Podcast. Slacker or wherever the fuck you find podcasts. Oh, well. Anyways, we really do appreciate you guys for listening, especially when they're longer episodes. We appreciate you guys listening all the way through. Glad to have you back, Stoney, and we're excited to bring you more episodes. So. You guys stay hydrated, get some sleep, eat some food, and we'll see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.